0: Hello, this is episode number 35 of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. How to Hold a Pencil is a show about learning and how mostly self-taught developers and designers got where they are today. Welcome to Season 2, everyone. For those returning to the show, I'm glad you're back. And for the new listeners, glad you're here. The format is a little different, so bear with me as I get used to all the editing. This week, I spoke to Lee Rubenstein, the founder of Eat, Sleep, Draw, one of the original tumblers, and is also the founder of Art Snacks, delivering a curated set of art supplies to your door each month. We talked about side projects and much more throughout the show. Here now is my interview with Lee.
1: I'm starting
0: now. Okay. okay. Uh, welcome, Lee. Let's jump right in. Uh, for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. A little bit about me. Uh, I live in New York City uh, with my wife and uh, have a day job at a wonderful private nonprofit foundation in Manhattan. And I have uh, a bunch of side projects. And uh, my background is film, animation. And I kind of got sucked up into the Internet once uh, YouTube kind of turned into a big thing. Um... And yeah, that's, that's kind of me. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about everything and I, you know, I I can speak code, but I'm, I'm not a
0: coder. So while I know that you're, well, I know you're definitely not a coder or developer per se, but you have, you've conquered a lot of side projects. Um, like I know it's eat, sleep, draw, uh, you do, you sell some art supplies online also. Um, you do a bunch of things. Uh, what type of side projects are you working on and, uh, sort of, give me the backstory on, you know, Eat Sleep Draw is probably your biggest one that I know of. So why don't you give me a little bit of a backstory on that?
1: Sure. Um, uh, it's basically being at the right place at the right time. Uh, I was working, uh, this was 2006. I was working in the same shared office space as the Tumblr guys, um, believe it or not. And I, was, you know, in this shared space uh, doing some animation production, and uh, this guy Fred rented off, you know, a different desk space. Uh, You know, this was before co-working spaces were cool, and he just wanted like creative people to come hang out in his his office. So uh, David and his one developer, Marco, um, shared the office space, and I was on Blogger at the time, and I hated it. And I just, you know, was introduced to david and and he's like oh you know i'm working on this thing called tumblr and uh i would love for you to to check it out and so I'm like all right send me a link so he sends me a link a month goes by i don't click on the link and uh uh he comes back and he's like oh lee what do you think of tumblr and i'm like uh i haven't checked it out he's like dude check it out and i'm like all right only if i can get the username lee and he's like, "Fine, I'll give you a lead at Tumblr. That's fine." So after that day, I never touched Blogger ever again, and I totally got it—the different post types. Because to me, I, I'm an artist, and you know, going from Blogger, which is basically a big text box with a blinking cursor, is like death to me. Sure. It's terrible. So with Tumblr, it's, it was like, "Oh, you mean I don't have to write about it? I can just like post a picture, or you know, a chat, or a link, and..." be very loose blogging and i totally got it and after a couple of months i went back to him and i was like david i love posting my art i've had all my friends sign up i would love to have a online art gallery and invite all my friends on tumblr and he's like oh that's cool um and i was like well i already started this one blog called com," and I was like, you know, is there any way for me to invite my friends to post on there? And he's like, "Oh, you mean like multiple authors?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so a week goes by and we have multiple authors uh-huh. on this blog. He just like made it. He just like made it. And uh, I was like, "Wow, that was easy." And so I got to in the, the process and of inviting all my friends and we were all posting our art. And I got to the point where I invited like over 50 artists to post on this one Tumblr blog. And it got to the point where it was just like everyone was posting at all times. And I was like, I got to get emails every day asking, you know, oh, I love Eat, Sleep Draw, I follow it. And uh, is there any way for, for me to sign up? And so I went back to David, I was like, David, I get all these emails, people asking to sign up. I got to teach them how to sign up for Tumblr and then ask them to be an author. And it's, it's a pain in the neck. Can't you just build something to kind of like, you know, if someone has a piece of art, just Go to a page and send it to me, and if we like it, we'll post it. And he's like, Oh, you mean like public submissions? And I'm like, Whoa, yes. Can you build that? <laughs> <laughs> so a, a while it goes by, and he builds that for us. And we were the only public submission Tumblr log on Tumblr for about six months. And we had, at that point, he had probably 75,000 active Tumblr users. This was early to mid 2007. And, um, we quickly were growing, and we had so many submissions. And um, Fast forward to now, we're the largest user-submitted Tumblr log uh, on the network. Every week, we receive approximately 1,200 pieces of art submitted. Um, we don't do any reblogging. Um, we don't source for content. All the content that's on our site uh, comes from people that have submitted it to our site. And, uh, so that got ca- kind of out of hand really quickly. And, um, right now we're probably at a little over half a million, uh, Tumblr followers. and yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and so that's kind of like the huge side project, and I have great people helping me out with that. I have one of my long-time buddies who I went to college with, uh, Anthony Lamberti. He's the day-to-day guy. He's the guy that's looking at all this, all the art that comes in. He's the uh, executive editor of the site, and it's me and him, and we, we run it. And um, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable the amount of unpublished art we get to look at every single day. And it's like... You know, I just wanted to look at cool art, right? And I wanted to invite all my friends. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at now with uh, Eat, Sleep, Draw as its own community. Um, And so about two years ago – so anyway, Eat, Sleep, Draw has been around for six, seven years.
0: So so what's amazing to me is a few things. One is – Basically, you're responsible for some major features in Tumblr and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Uh, two.
1: I don't think I'm responsible. I think I'm just, I want this thing. Uh, I mean, I was no, being very I agree, I, but I know. just think it's
0: one of those things where it was like, if, you know, they had a, they had a focus group basically sitting in their office to help them and that focus group was like a focus group of one and that was you. Um, so you built this thing and it took off. Um, and clearly not every side project is going to take off trust me we've all had false starts we've all i mean i i'm sure you've had many i've had many um, how have you sort of obviously i'm sure you hit a lot of stumbling blocks going forward and building this thing how did you build the confidence to keep working on eat sleep draw i mean a seven a six or seven year project is a long time to be working on you know your side gig and You've kept pushing forward you've built this amazing thing with a with a large large community. How were you able to sort of maintain the level of excitement that you had day one that you have for it today
1: sure uh very simple uh, uh first of all we we uh we man, how do I even describe it's it's like a marvelous marvelous fountain of art that's what keeps us going and um we've been approached by a lot of um you know, brands and advertisers, hey, we want you to do this. And we just kept it really focused on, you know, we're not trying to do contests um or anything like we're not just trying to like leverage it into being anything else than what it is. Uh being just an, an online art gallery where any anyone at any skill level can submit their art and be surprised when they go back to Tumblr and all of a sudden they have, you know, 500 new followers and they're like, where are all these people coming from? And they check Eat, Sleep, Draw, and they're like, oh, I'm on the top of Eat, Sleep, Draw. So it's, it's part surprise, it's part trust, because as artists, it's, you know, you, you spend so much time creating your art and then you hope someone likes it. And to have a place where it's, it still feels fresh after so many years, um, without doing too much in terms of, um, the, the, you know, how, how many times a day we post and stuff like that. Like we, we get thousands of submissions a week, but you know, every single submission is looked at by human, you know, there's no algorithm behind it. It's, it's us, it's, it's, it's Anthony and myself and, and, uh, I think, you know, you can definitely see if you go back through our archives, styles and tastes have changed and it's – everything is curated and um, uh, there's really no <laughs> automation to that. No, Am I no, getting no, off no. topic? So,
0: so off – so, you know, to sort of focus it a little bit, sort of how have you – how over time and or more, more or less what over time have you learned uh, within Tumblr and within the community – that has helped you push fo- push the site forward more.
1: Right. So I've learned it's very hard to make money off of a Tumblr log, very hard. Uh, and I think Tumblr itself had a very hard time trying to figure out, you know, how to generate revenue, uh, let alone a, a blog of art. Um, and so we tried tons of things in terms of other side projects. We started. It was like, oh, well, let's do Eat Sleep Draw magazine. We it took a lot of work and we we didn't really sell any <laughs> or, or to have any downloads. You know, oh, let's sell prints. Uh, that didn't work either. So, um, but not taking away from the core of the idea, it's like, okay, what do you do with a half a million artists? Right? You know, you got to do something with them.
0: So you know? what? So from those failures, sort of like, you know, there are many sites where an artist, you know, if you look at Society Six, any artist can post their their product or artwork, and people can buy it as a print or buy it on a coffee mug or a t shirt. Um. How come, or why do you think your sort of model to do the do something similar sort of didn't work out?
1: Um, because I, I don't know I, I I um maybe but you know when we tried selling prints I think we were like. Maybe thirty thousand followers? And we thought that was a lot. It, I mean, is.
0: Back it in, is a lot. Two thousand and eight. I, I it, it's a lot. I think it's a lot today. I think anybody who's publishing something on the web today and thirty thousand eyeballs are seeing it is I mean, obviously it's not the New York Times, but if thirty thousand people if thirty thousand people listen to my podcast every week, I would be ecstatic.
1: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but I think at that time, you know, uh, you know, asking someone to buy something through Tumblr it just it just didn't like people were like oh I, well i'm looking at it why do i have to buy it you know what i mean i don't know i think there's a disconnect you know no one saw it as a platform for for that sort of thing at that time um i don't know i wish it worked out it, it just didn't
0: <laughs> so your day job you're focused on sort of animation uh and design am i correct
1: yeah yeah so, so
0: what type what type of uh what type of learning, sort of, have you done in that? In you know, what type of focused learning have you done in that field, sort of, um, to help grow? You know, while also growing your side project.
1: Yeah. So, um, just the nature of my nonprofit, um, private nonprofit job. It, you know, it, we don't because we're private, we don't take you know donations or anything like that. It's all privately funded, and the people I work with, you know, they. Just the nature of the schedule, you know. It's five thirty, and they got to go pick up their kids, and that's when I, I'm creatively hitting my peak in the day. You know what I mean? So, I got to focus that energy somewhere. So I come home and I work on, you know, these side projects. Um, uh, You know, I do a lot of uh, in my day job. I do a lot of like new media, WordPress, you know, maintenance and, and installations, and thinking about, you know, how do we leverage different social networks and. Um, it just helps, you know, with my side projects as well.
0: What sort of keeps you motivated to learn new things to help you get, to help you move forward in both your job and on your side project?
1: Right. So I think, uh, Draw being, you know, the first big side project, uh, right place, right time. But then, uh, about two years ago, my sister actually reached out to me and she was like, Oh, you know, do you think Lauren would like this new thing called Birchbox? And I'm like, what the hell is Birchbox? And... Uh so she's like, oh, you know, it's it's cosmetics in the mail. And I'm like, oh well, she loves Sephora, that's her favorite store, so yeah, this is great. Um, is there anything like that for me? And she's like, What do you mean? You want cosmetics? And I was like, No. <laughs> I was like, you know, I like uh art supplies, uh pens, markers, paints. And um so we looked around online to see if there's anything like that, it's any online service, subscription box for me and there really wasn't the closest thing was like a craft of the month club. And I, you know, I have much respect for crafters. I'm just not a craft guy. So
0: yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't, see you sitting at home knitting, knitting a doily. No, anytime soon.
1: no, no, definitely. No. Like, you know, I love Etsy. I love the handmade aesthetic. I just personally, you know, I'd, I'd get more excited over like an amazing brush pen, you know? Um, so, um, my sister was like, "Well, why don't we why don't we just make one if there's there's you know nothing out there?" Um, so we took about three months to figure out and learn like how do you launch a subscription box company, you know? And being very naive, so, go ahead.
0: So how did you go about like I mean, today there's a million subscription box companies. So I'm sure if you Google how do I make a subscription service, you'll find some answers. But a few years ago, that didn't really exist. Like Birchbox was new to the game. I mean, there have always been these Wines of the Month club and stuff like that. But now, it seems like every other day, uh, there's a different blank of the month, whether it's BarkBox, Tackle Grab, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. How did you go about figuring out how did you figure out what you were going to do to build out this you know this new venture
1: right so first thing you know is you know what do we want to see in a box right and and if we're going to make a box it's going to be something that we are going to want to subscribe to if we were in our potential customer shoes so um all the products that we we do that we put in the box are tested by us you know we're artists my sister She is a designer, um, graphic designer, at a men's fashion startup in Boston. And she used to work at the flash sale site Rue La La. So she, you know, comes from the um, style, fashion, graphic background. And me and her, you know, it really comes down to, like, what cool products do we want to send to people and how are we going to do that? So we took three months and we're like, okay, you know, What size box do we use? And we had to figure out, you know, what weights are going to, you know, fly in the mail. You know, how do we make it? And then what do we charge for it? And it's like so many things we had to learn. It's like how do we take people's money securely? stripe by the way um nice (laughs) and you know as
0: long as anything but paypal in my book
1: yeah no i mean we stopped getting those emails from being like oh why don't you guys switch up paypal and there are tons of horror stories i can talk about off air but um so yeah so all those things learning like you know in succession you know first of all what is it and then how do we get it to people after they give us their money and it's it's like Crazy.
0: So you decide to create this company with your sister. What – you know, if you could narrow it down to five big steps that you would apply to – or a set of steps you would apply to starting any sort of physical product company where you're going to ship a product to somebody. Not that you're going to make the product, but that you're going to make – you're going to put something together in a box and ship it to somebody. Sort of what steps does a – does somebody who's new to this sort of need to take – um, to, to to start that venture like what's the jumping off point?
1: Jumping off point I would say first is to find a niche that you're very passionate about, right something that's super uh, uh, deep but narrow a niche that's super deep and narrow. And what I mean my, what I mean by that is d- uh, deep in the sense that there's a lot of people and communities behind it and potential you know partnerships and stuff like that but narrow, in a in a sense that, uh, you know, we don't do crafts. We do art supplies. We do paints. We we don't do any adhesives. We don't do any glitter. You know, <laughs> so like no
0: felt. I'm assuming
1: no felt. Nope. So like that's very narrow. But the. Deepness is the market, right? So pick something if you want to start a subscription box company or something like that and and uh, pick, some, pick, pick a, a niche that's deep and narrow um, first and foremost. Then, like, you know, get physical and, like, figure out what items you want to send to people, whether it's just in a regular e-commerce store or subscription box and, you know uh, – Literally cold call people. I, I, I can tell you a quick story. So, uh, we put up a, a like a splash page, right? We didn't even know if, you know people would be interested in a, a subscription box to only art supplies. Now,
0: and, before you tell me the story, sure. I just want to know. I want to know when you put up this site, when you put up this subscription site, the splash page. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you were collecting emails. Correct. W- was the interest like instantaneous? Like, was were people just excited for this idea?
1: Um, in terms of well. <laughs> I was really stressed out because, you know, I'm looking at all the other subscription box companies and I'm like, well, they got marketing plans and budgets and stuff like And my sister's like, no, dummy, we just got to make sure the thing works. We have f- half a million artists sitting on, uh, you know, <laughs> eat, sleep, draw. <laughs> yeah. So it's- I was stressed out for no reason. So we put up the splash page and we started collecting emails. And the first, I would say, two weeks we got almost 200 people interested, which is amazing and never thought people would be interested. Now, whether they converted into paying customers, you know, that was all based upon our execution and, you know, sign up, you know, user experience and all that sort of thing. And, and, uh, that's actually very important to, uh, our business. Um, we okay. go ahead.
0: So back to sort of the steps that you took.
1: Sure. Um, so it's find a deep niche and uh and 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 market and then find uh you know products like what do you want to sell and then you know put up a splash page you know don't spend too much time to see if people are interested maybe you know spend the hundred dollar AdWords credit to see if people will click on it and go put their email in and then after that you know if you, you. I mean, I can't really do it in five steps, Ruben.
0: <laughs> okay. No, I understand. No, I totally understand. I, I totally. Understand. But in terms of testing an
1: idea, you know, that's a perfect way to do it. You know, uh, you'll find out very quickly based on clicks with a hundred dollars in ad work credit whether people will be interested in an idea. You know, based on a very specific niche um, and search term. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So. Obviously, this is um, – I know this is still going on. You're still selling this. Um, What type of roadblocks have you sort of hit along the way uh, in this project?
1: Yeah. So physical, like roadblocks, oh, my gosh. So uh, for the first eight months we were – of the company, we were fulfilling um, basically pickpacking and shipping out of my one-bedroom apartment in New York City.
0: (laughs) I could. I can only imagine yeah. how much fun that would be. Uh, if, especially. I, if I went, if I went to my fiance and I was like, "I want to change our house into a shipping facility," she might kill me.
1: It was it was crazy, but exciting at the same time, right? So we got to the point where we had hundreds of boxes in our one bedroom apartment, and uh, I literally got on the phone. Uh, I googled first I googled um, who does birch boxes fulfillment and I found the company and uh, I called them Cole called them and uh, I was like so excited to talk to you know a representative and they they were like oh great our minimum is 10,000 and I was like 10,000 per month he's like no 10,000 per day and I was like whoa <laughs> I was like, I wish I had ten thousand per month. He's like, Well,
0: I wish I had ten thousand in a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So um, that was one roadblock. Luckily, he referred us to um, a great fulfillment center um, uh, that could, you know, handle our quantity at the time. So, and we're still with them. So uh, that's one roadblock. Another roadblock, I would say, is you know, engineering the uh, user experience, not just the user experience in terms of digital but physical you know when we were trying to figure out you know what size box to send to people we wanted to do something so different um and we were looking at you know what the types of boxes that other people were doing and we we subscribed to a few of them and we wanted to go as minimal as possible and we wanted our edge cases um to be like you know if you have a very small mailbox we want to want our box to f- be able to fit in the very small mailbox um,
0: some something I never would thought of until you mentioned it.
1: yeah, so our, we have a very specific box for a reason it 's two inches by two inches by nine inches long um, and it fits not only ninety percent of all art supplies, it fits into ninety percent of all mailboxes in America, and without you know doing the math and and testing and, and searching for all these boxes. You know, we would have never known. And uh, all of our vendors that that we get the products from, they're like, why do you have that box? And I explained to them, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because we get customers from all over the country in all different walks of life that are artists, that are subscribing to our service. And especially in San Francisco, there's a high mail fraud and and crime rate, you know, people stealing other people's mail. So it was very important to us, for our customers um, to be able to open their mailbox and, and receive their art supplies. Because I would hate for a user experience for one of our customers to have a user experience where they wait for an entire month and then their package is stolen off their doorstep. That's terrible. You know yeah, what I not, mean?
0: Not to mention it would be terrible, it'd be terrible for you as a business to have to then either say, well – I can't replace it, and then people don't like you, or replace it, and it's just costing you money.
1: Exactly. So, uh, and those are the types of things that we that we think about. Another thing is like uh, another question that we get all the time is, you know, how do you decide what products you know to put in the box? And this goes back to our experience with Eat Sleep Draw and Eat Sleep Draw. It's an entirely curated experience. All the art has been looked at. You know, uh, it's PG thirteen uh, with art snacks. Everything has been considered. All the art supplies have been um, thought about, and uh, that's kind of like our little secret sauce. We're, you know, right out of the box. All the products work well together. You know, we're not going to send you a tube of paint without a brush to to paint with. That's, we we can't assume the person has other supplies, and um, I think our customers, you know, really like that.
0: So in the last uh, couple minutes that I have with you, because um, what's – Excuse me. What's uh, your favorite thing that you've worked on today? Uh, you know, to this day,
1: I mean, it's got to be. Do do I have to pick one? I mean, it's it's yeah. It's
0: sort of like picking your favorite child, but you know, you got to pick one.
1: <sighs> yeah, uh, I would go with uh, eat, sleep, draw. Um, you know, right place, right time. Saw an opportunity, uh, didn't exploit it. Um, you know, we had so many different opportunities to to exploit our our um our community there and it's just like, you know, not into it. it. Like we want it to be as pure as possible. And um it's really, you know, allowed us to leverage an amazing audience um to do other great things like art snacks.
0: So, you know, over, you know, throughout these side projects and stuff like that, I'm sure, you know, you've talked about a lot of roses and a lot of success. Uh, which I hope everybody has success. Um, But, you know, I'm sure there was some failure along the way. If you could looking back uh, at your side project portfolio, you know, if you could pinpoint a failure and how you sort of reacted to it or sort of overcame that.
1: Can it be a side project that totally crashed and burned?
0: Yeah, that's fine. That, that's great. I have many of us.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I have. So I think of so many different domains and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, what, do what you, about? Do you God.
0: still own them? Do oh, you still yeah. Do you still own the domains? Good. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, one of them, what was it? Uh, so there's two. There's uh, I own onlineartcontests.com. And it was going to be like an aggregator where we would just email you new online art contests. And it's just there's not a lot out there in terms of quality like everyone's looking for free work but in terms of higher prize points and stuff like that it's just like there wasn't enough content to send to people (laughs) and in terms of time like online that could be its own crazy big site and it's like i don't have time for that right now but i own it you know what i mean and so that totally crashed and burned no one subscribed to it
0: (laughs) for somebody who's looking to sort of get started you know, doing side projects or working on something, uh, on the side, it's not necessarily a website or anything or a product, whatever it might be. What advice would you give to them sort of for managing time and managing expectations and that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely don't quit your day job. Um, because, uh, that allows you to leverage your, you know, day job you know, and keep you sustainable, whether you're starting a new business or something like that. Um, it also keeps you on a schedule, especially, if you have a day job and you come home late and it's like maybe you only have two, three hours, it really allows you to focus and, and really execute. Um, what else? I would also say, you know, once you do get something going, like, uh, you know, it, you know, it, this whole world, you know, people get an investment and stuff like that, both, uh, you know, eat, sleep, draw and art snacks, you know, they're, they're bootstrapped and, and, uh, You know, it allows us to get big really slow. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to get big, but uh, managing growth and that sort of thing, uh, it's okay to be small. I mean, it took us seven years to get to half a million um, artists following us on on Tumblr. Um, It's a crazy number, but there are so many more blogs on on Tumblr that have millions and millions of followers, and, and we're totally fine with our half million because we know that, you know, these are people that really get what we're doing um so it's okay to be small
0: if you could and i'm doing some rapid fire here if you could go back uh to yourself at the very beginning when you're sitting in that office uh with david carp and uh and marco arment excuse me uh what piece of advice would you give yourself
1: back then oh man if i could only work for that company
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was going to be the question i asked you off the air not on the air (laughs) well on the air
1: you know uh, i get that question all the time my friends like oh don't you wish you you know either invested or stuff like that and to be honest with you uh not not really i like i like you know i invested in the platform and we have a half million people that uh, are very focused and very devoted to what we're doing and and love to see amazing art and so that to me is more valuable long term um, because, you know, Tumblr may be owned by Yahoo, but in terms of audience, um, you know, we're, we're the ones that are curating and cultivating that audience.
0: Got it. But you didn't answer my question. If you could go back to yourself and, uh, at the very beginning and give yourself a piece of advice. Yeah. Like I, would,
1: they... I would say invest in Tumblr.
0: Invest in <laughs> Tumblr. Okay. Um, you know, I think that, I think that's a valid, valid piece of advice to give yourself. Uh, so what is the... What does the future hold for you? Like, what do you see yourself? You know, where do you see uh, your side projects going and yourself going? You know, in the next six months, year, etc.
1: Well, I mean, it, I would love to eventually um, transition full time and work on my side projects. Right, um, Arts and X is doing really well. Um, my sister has been. My sister and I have been working really hard um and hopefully within the next year we, we can transition to those full-time um yeah i mean that's you know I, I love the audiences that we've built and our customers and you know i really think uh if we've done this much being part-time uh imagine what, what uh we could do um you know doing it full-time so
0: Very cool. And the last question that I ask everyone is where can people find you and your side projects on the internet?
1: So I am at Lee Rubenstein, one word, and uh, my Tumblr is lee.tumblr.com. And uh, side projects, you can check out eatsleepdraw.com. You can give that a follow. Um, You can also check out ArtSnacks at artsnacks.co. Got
0: it. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Lee. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that interview. I think Lee's story is super interesting. Let me know what you thought on Twitter. I'm at Ruben Ingrove. That's R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. For links and show notes, head on over to howtoholdapencil.com. On next week's show, I have Josh Owens, a a self-taught MeteorJS developer. I think that's going to be really interesting. That's going to be a really interesting show. Because Meteor is a fairly new framework, and I think a lot of new developers will like using it. Uh, if you have a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes. I can't tell you how important those are. Um, people really look at them, and it helps iTunes figure out what shows to feature and all that cool stuff. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Pencil, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Reuben Engberg. I'll speak to you all next week.